Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by a wonderful company, Creation to Revelation. This group of Christians believe it is extremely important that we teach the Word of God to our kids. They have original graphic illustrations from the beginning of the Bible to the end, featuring the beautiful and consistent presence of Jesus throughout. You can explore all of that at creationtorevelation.com. I'm so thankful you're here, so let's get started. All right, so a little full disclosure before we jump in today. I was a little anxious this morning about recording this episode at least up until just a few minutes ago when I finally decided on the title. Because I knew I wanted to talk to you about the difference between being a strong person and being a weak person. But I was having a lot of trouble focusing in on where I wanted it to go. First of all, definitions are important. What does it mean to be strong? And what would it mean to admit that I'm weak? I honestly think there are plenty of people who do not know what those two words mean. However, in just about every situation or conflict, they find a way to define themselves as the strong one, and the person who disagrees with them is clearly weak. And that raises red flags right away. I mean, if I think that about me and you think that about you, at least one of us is wrong and probably both of us. So trying to pinpoint the exact nature of strength has been a challenge for me, but a challenge worth pursuing, because ultimately, 18 minutes from now, I want you to be able to spend the rest of the day thinking, there is so much foolishness and weakness in the world. People don't even understand what it means, but I know what it means to be a strong person. And I am fully aware of where to look and what to do to get stronger. And then in addition to just trying to find the right definitions, I've been thinking about the worldwide stage over the last 24 hours. Several weeks ago, most of our focus was on Canada and the leader of that land and how weak he is and how there is perceived strength and muscle and ability, but behind it, a fragility of character that could cause a lot of damage. And then we just kind of forgot about him because recently Russia has mounted a land attack against Ukraine. And on one side of that battle is a powerful nation with a leader, a ruler who is powerful. But does that mean he is a strong man? And so I've been trying to measure the difference between might and true strength. I saw a meme the other day. I think it had to do with Trudeau and the Canadian situation. And I can't remember the exact wording, but it said something like this. If you think a strong man is dangerous, wait and see what a weak man will do. And it was at that moment when I read that, that the beginnings of this episode started coming together. You may have power and wealth and influence, but it does not make you a strong person. You may have knowledge and intellect and experience, all of which can be read as strength and can certainly contribute to you becoming a stronger person in the biblical and amazing sense. 
But whether it's the government or churches or homes, there can be people who have all evidences of power and insight and still be weak at their core. And that meme suggests that that might be the most dangerous person of all. But again, I'm not here to show you the weakness of world leaders or even church leaders or home leaders. I'm here to talk about you and me. So I want to draw from some of the misconceptions of power around us so that we don't make those same misconceptions in assessing our own power. So getting back to the drive to work today, I was trying to lay all of that out in my mind and then find a way to pull it together. And I said, I need a title. Strength is something, but I couldn't figure out what that something needed to be. What is strength? Strength is patience. Strength is control. Strength is meekness. Going through that process did lead me to Galatians 5, which I want to lead you there as well today, and the nine elements of the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is unbelievably strong because of the character traits that he has. But as I was just about to pick one of those and use it as the title, it came to me as clear as day, and it took the anxiety away, and I'm sitting here in this chair in a wonderful state of peace, because strength is Christ. And I know that's true in the comforting sense that Jesus has all strength and wisdom and power, but that's not exactly the point today. The point is every ounce of strength that I can develop will be developed in the image of Jesus Christ. The more that I become like him, that I think like him, and love people like he loves people, and behave around people like he did, the stronger I become. Jesus is this perfect example on earth that teaches us that meek does not equal weak. He had all of the power in the universe. He could have called 10,000 angels, but that's not what made him a strong man. What made him a beautifully strong savior was the fact that he had all the might of eternity, and he knew when to be quiet. He knew how to take the road, even the most difficult of roads, because it was good for the people around him. Strength is Christ, and it uses its abilities, wisdom, and power to help other people. So if you would allow me a few minutes to back up and talk about misconceptions of strength in governments and churches and families, that can help us break down some false assumptions in ourselves. But then let's be sure at the end to work our way back to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So how would we traditionally define strength in the physical world around us? In people, we often refer to the circumstances around the person or the influence of the person as the best gauge of how strong they are. If the conditions of your life are the following, you are rich, you are famous, you are influential, people follow you, then by definition, you're strong. So the entire goal is to go out and get and take and gather to prove to the world that you are strong and that those who cannot pull to themselves wealth and notoriety 
and influence are weak and insignificant. I think we all buy into this a little bit. We want to have money and things and an image because it is impressive. There's a word for strength, able to make an impression. But there are a few huge problems with defining growing strength by what you gather to yourself that people can see. First of all, none of that proves character. Being a strong, dependable, righteous person in character and in direction is who you are, not what you have. So we can easily be misled by the pursuit of the wrong proofs for real strength. Secondly, as I described earlier, power, riches, influence, notoriety, those are things people gather for themselves. I wouldn't apply this to every circumstance, but people who spend most of their lives accruing the evidences of their strength to and for themselves are very weak in character, or at least the intent of their strength is not aligned with Jesus. And then thirdly, to step away from government officials and people garnering millions of dollars, even in our world, yours and mine, positions of authority that we have are often delegated and therefore not some result of greatness. A father and husband has influence in his home, but he doesn't have that because of his might. That was delegated to him by the design of God. Whether his character is strong or not is yet to be seen, but his position and possessions, they don't tell the story. The same is true in a church. A man is an elder at a church. He has a position of leadership and authority. You say, that man must be strong. Well, I would certainly hope so, but he's not strong just because he has authority and influence. Those were given to him by God. He didn't earn them or construct all of this by the sheer power of his inherent awesomeness or worthiness. So one of the things we need to move out of the way is what you have, the role you have, the influence you have, the goods that have been accrued in your life, they can position you to do many wonderful things, but only if apart from them, you develop and prove your inner strength. Here's a second indicator of true strength that is often faulty, and that is intellect or education. Now, I'm not faulting those things. If you're someone who loves to learn and you know more than other people, you've read more than other people, your IQ allows you to understand more than other people. That means you have extra tools to use with the integrity and resolve of the heart that you have to do amazing things, but simply having that intellect is not strength by itself. The New Testament talks at great length about the wise, the scribes, the know-it-alls, who were fools, who made themselves out to be fools because they thought that strong men know things and understand things and weak men don't. But it turns out that the strongest people in the whole wide world are those who trust in Jesus, those who just want to be like him. And again, it's good to be a learner, a student, maturing in knowledge every day. But what you know is not the same thing as who you are. There are people who are brilliant and who have studied complex issues to tremendous lengths 
who are weak as water. And there are others who know little more than Christ and Him crucified, who are the salt of the earth and can preserve integrity everywhere that they go. Really quickly, while we're talking about knowledge, I'll mention the church for a moment. Romans chapter 14 and some other places talks about the strong in the church versus the weak. And you might argue that the strong understand things that the weak do not, but it was really their ability to be like Christ that proved how strong they were. Their patience, their kindness, their self-control, using their knowledge in a constructive way, a communal way that drew people together instead of elevating themselves and pushing others away. It would almost be humorous if it were not so non-humorous. How many people in the church claim to be the strong one and the other is the weak, citing evidences like how long I've been a Christian or how well I know the Bible or how influential I am in the church. And then just about everything they say and do from that lofty position is as unlike Christ as possible. So to pull some of this together in the last five minutes, let's look at the other side of it. If you don't have money or influence or notoriety, that does not mean you're weak. If you are not a Bible scholar, if you do not have some authority position anywhere in your life, that does not mean you are weak. I'm not saying having positions or learning new things is wrong. We need strong people in those roles, but you today can grow in strength without them. And if you're willing to do that, then I'm willing to pray for you. I want the Lord to give you influence, give you authority, give you funds, give you anything if he knows that you are a person like his son, his son who had everything in infinite supply, and limited himself, not utilizing all of his power, but only doing the things that made other people better. So I have two assignments for you today and throughout this week. One of them relates to Jesus and the other to the character of the Holy Spirit. First, go dig out one of those WWJD bracelets and start wearing it. Okay, so you don't have to take that literally, though if you do, I think that would be pretty cool. But in times of power struggle, of conflict, of decision-making, in times where you are an influencer, where you don't want to be weak, but you do want to be righteous, fight the temptation to just raise your voice, or flex your might, or defend your accomplishments, and just ask yourself, What would Jesus do right here in this situation? He was the perfect display of strength, and he rarely yelled at anyone. He rarely announced his true position of glory. He was patient, controlled, and kind. He always found some spiritual angle in everything and then spoke to it. Let me give you some practical ideas of how that's helped me today. I've been in lengthy texting conversations with some friends about the war that has now begun in Eastern Europe, and we've talked about it from every angle, but then we zeroed in on what would you do if you were the president of the United States, if you were the leader of Ukraine, if you had all the power in the world to determine what happened next on the, quote, good side of this thing, what would it be? And we were bantering between fighting back or just letting them have the land or 
doubling down on sanctions and diplomacy and all these different things. But to sit for a minute and think about what Jesus would do if he was the president of our country, or of Ukraine, or had some influence on Vladimir Putin, what would he say? Who would he be concerned about? What would he be concerned about? And if he had a voice to exhibit true strength in the situation, to prove that he is not a weak man, his character is sound and good, what would he say? That really humbled me a lot. There were things we said we would do in the text thread that Jesus would not. He would use his strength to protect the innocent and care for those who had no one to care for them, and whether their lives here could be spared or not, you know exactly what he would be talking about. The treasures and the kingdom and the security of heaven. And it kind of hit me that while I spent a significant part of this morning concerned about the stock market, Jesus would be talking about souls and lives and families. And so I pray, Lord, make me stronger. Help me get my mind off of these false proofs of strength that many weak men possess and help me to be more like Jesus because true strength is Christ. Okay, here's the second suggestion for the week and you've heard me say it before. In Galatians chapter 5, the Holy Spirit teaches us about true, abiding, useful strength in the form of nine character traits. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are not common traits in world leaders. Many people substitute true character with all those outside evidences of might, or just speaking more loudly than everyone else. I'm pretty sure I've told you already that I'm not a yeller. We don't yell at our home or really anywhere, because it says, hey, I'm really weak, and this is the only way I know to make a difference. But what if we made a real difference? by these incredible qualities living in our lives, in our relationships, and as the true motive behind all of our influence. So try this. Write down or memorize those nine true qualities of great strength. Each day this week, just pick one. Patience, goodness, self-control. Be mindful about it, prayerful about it, intentional about it, and develop that quality even in the smallest amount in you during that given day. And right then, maybe in a way that nobody yet sees, you have gotten stronger. The power of the Holy Spirit is transforming your weakness into the image of Jesus. Let that build on itself day after day and get excited about becoming more like Him because strength is Christ. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.